and this is the broadcast where we break down and discuss the dynamics of marriage and family relationships looking at what God designed and what happened to these relationships over the course of time and how our relationships got warped uh, and failed to meet God's design and the mission of marriage and family clinic here is to restore to build strengthen and perfect marriage and family relationships again welcome to this episode of marriage and family clinic uh, I want to begin tonight by expressing my sincere condolences to the family of former President George H.W. Bush uh, and I hope that you'll join me in praying for the family's peace and and join me even in praying for the peace and prosperity of our government and our nation as a whole because in times like these if there is one thing that we definitely need, it is prayer. So let's pray one for another. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. And tonight I'm beginning a series in which we're going to be dealing with the parent-child relationship. Out of all the relationships uh, that we deal with, the parent and the child relationship, maybe the most critical, the most crucial, the most important. So I'm going to begin a series tonight dealing with the parent-child relationship. And I tell you right now, this is going to be a multi-week series. And and uh, if we're able to, I plan to cover the full gamut of the relationship between parents and children. So we're going to deal with it all. So uh, you might want to get your questions ready now, get your comments ready now. As always, you can send those to me by email at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Or you can look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Inbox me, email me, get your questions, comments, and, and anecdotes to me. We can use those and make this program even better. Uh, so we will be dealing with the parent-child relationship. And understand that when I say children, uh, I, I'm referring to infants, to toddlers, to youth, to teens, to young adults, to older adults, whatever. If you have a mother and a father, if you are a mother and a father, uh, I'm going to be dealing with that relationship. And it will be uh, a multi-week series here. So please listen in and uh, hope you get something that will help you or that will be beneficial to you uh, in this series. And, and as we begin to deal with the parent-child relationship, I think this is a fitting time of the year to deal with this because uh, so many parent-child relationships are out of whack and a little bit twisted, especially at this time of year uh, when parents are going uh, excuse me for lack of a better term going overboard or, or going somewhere where they don't need to be go spending money that they don't have uh, purchasing gifts Christmas gifts for their children and which the children just don't need uh, we don't put a lot of thought and a lot of uh, uh, time into thinking about what it is we're doing uh, so many people just go and buy a lot of stuff but what they're really missing is that the fact, the truth of the matter is our children need our presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E -E, more than they need our presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. -E so your children need you there, making a quality relationship with them. So I believe this particular subject is coming about at a fitting time 
of the year. Uh, and my purpose tonight in this first of this multi-part series, my purpose tonight is to lay the foundation and lay the groundwork uh, for discussions on uh, uh, the parent-child relationship. And I'm going to go ahead on and apologize up front and I'm going to ask you for your patience as we go through this series because I tell you right now, at times I'm probably going to sound a little bit old-fashioned, well, quite old-fashioned and, and outdated, but I can promise you it will be solid. It will be solid, all right? And, and when we're talking about the parent-child relationship, I don't know anything that can give you better uh, uh, material I don't know anything that can give you better guidance. Uh, I don't know of any better guide to loving and rearing children. I don't know of any better guide to giving children the best shot at helping them become prosperous and productive citizens, to help them become God-fearing adults. Uh, adults who are able to monitor and control themselves. I don't know of any better guide to help you get your children there than the Bible, which is the Word of God. And so because of that, I'm prone to sound a little bit old-fashioned and a little bit outdated. But again, it will be solid. Truth of the matter is, we just don't have a better guide for dealing with children. And so tonight, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, just a couple of ins and outs of the parent-child relationship. Uh, I'm going to talk about the nature of children. I'm going to talk about the responsibility of children. I'm going to talk about the responsibility of parents. Uh, I'm going to give you parents some warnings, some some advice, and and again, we're just kind of uh, uh, we're just kind of laying a foundation here. And that's all we want to do tonight is kind of lay a foundation. And who knows, the first episode here or the first uh, leg of this series may even be uh, multi-part in itself. But we will be dealing with the parent-child relationship for uh, a, a number of weeks here. I don't know how many, but it will be a number of weeks. Uh, so please, again, if you got questions or anything, get those to me. All right, uh, let's go ahead and jump in here. I, I want to talk to you, first of all, I want to talk about the nature of children. The nature of children, what it means to be a child. How do you know a child from an adult? It's just the nature of children because uh, as parents, you parents out there, you soon to be parents, you parents who may already have children, uh, uh, one thing that we don't sit down and ask ourselves, what does it mean to be a child? What is the nature? And when I say the nature of children, I mean what is it about a child that makes the child a child and what you can expect from the child simply because the child is a child. Alright? The nature of a thing is the innate uh, 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 instincts that the, the being is created with, is born with, what they're going to do automatically. And so there are some things, there are some tendencies, propensities uh, that a child is born with, there are some innate uh, tendencies and instincts that a child is born with, and the purpose of a parent is to help steer that child in proper ways, appropriate ways, and steer that child away from improper and inappropriate ways. 
So let's begin by talking about the nature of children. And again, I'm going to be bringing this presentation from the Bible. It's uh, just some good cues in the Bible that we would be wise to follow. So when it comes to the nature of children, the first thing we need to understand about children is that children are born into sin and foolishness. Children are born into sin and foolishness. Psalms 51 and 5 says, I was sinful at birth. I was sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So we were born in sin. We were born with our hearts full of foolishness. Have you ever noticed that you never have to teach a child to touch the lamp? But you go through all lengths and you spend, expend an uh, enormous amount of energy teaching a child not to touch the lamp. And that's just an example, and you can stretch that out however far you want to. But we never have to teach a child to do wrong. We always have to teach a child to do right and to follow appropriate behavior patterns. And that's simply because children are born. The nature of a child is to be born with a heart and a soul, a mind even, that's full of sin and foolishness. Again, that's why we need parents. We need parents to point them in the right direction. And that's what parental training is all about. All right. Psalms 22 and 15 says, Young people are prone to foolishness and fads. And the cure comes through tough-minded discipline. Yes, when we're talking about the nature of children, understand they are prone to foolishness they are prone to fads, but the way that you get them out of it is through tough-minded discipline. In my scriptures tonight, I'm going to quote several scriptures for you, and we're going to be talking from the message version of the Bible, the message translation. Uh, so when we're talking about the nature of children born into sin and foolishness, and they just have foolish ways, they follow fads, and the cure to it all is tough-minded discipline. All right. The second thing when it comes to the nature of children is this is so important. And I'm going to say something right now. All of you who have little children especially, if you would take this particular uh, axiom to heart, if, I'm going to give you a truth right here, and if you would take it to heart, it would change the way you parent. It would change the way you see your child. The second point about the nature of children is this right here. Children are God's gift to us. Children are God's gifts to us. So anyone who has a child, that is God's gift to you. And how do you think you ought to treat God's gift? How do we show appreciation to God for His gifts in our lives? Children are God's gift to us. You know what? It matters not how the child got here. The child is still God's gift to you. I remember a whole lot of years ago when I first began pastoring, there was a young lady who was a single parent and, and uh, she was not married but she was pregnant, she was with child and she came to church and she was asking for prayer and, and her heart was a little broken because she was a single parent and uh, but it, it, it just dawned on me and the Lord just placed it in my heart 
to let her know that regardless of how your child gets here, your child is a gift from God. And I tell you, that was 20-something years ago, and now 20-something years later, that same mother's married, has had other children, and that first child that she was pregnant with prior to her marriage has grown up, has attended and graduated college, and is well on her way to being the great child of God that God put her on this earth to be. Regardless of how children get here, our children are gifts from God. Psalms 127 and 3 says, Don't you see that children are God's best gift, the fruit of the womb, His generous legacy? Other than salvation, our children is our best and greatest gift from God. Alright? So, when it comes to the nature of children, number one, they're born into sin and foolishness. Number two, they're God's gift to us. And then number three, one of the greatest indicators of a child being a child is a child is immature. And sometimes we expect a whole lot from our children without really taking into consideration their level of maturity. And every child doesn't reach the same level of maturity at the same age. Some children are more mature at seven than others are at nine or ten. But a key indicator of childness or childhood is immaturity. Proverbs 20 and 11 says, Even a child is known by his doings, whether his motives are on the up and up. Again, from the message translation of the Bible. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his motives are on the up and up. So if we're continuing to act immature, that's an indicator of our childhood. And I've say, I'm saying that for a simple reason. Age does not determine adulthood necessarily. No, age does not determine adulthood. Not necessarily so. Because we have some old children. And we have some young people who have old people's minds. All right? But we know the difference. We know the difference by the things that they do. We can tell whether their motives are on the up and up by the things that they do. All right? Listen, I, I hope you're trekking with me already. Again, you're listening to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Uh, you're listening to us on 1350 on your AM dial here in the Virginia uh, Tidewater area. Or you can listen to us on the internet at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. We're here every Tuesday evening from 6 to 6.30 p.m. You can catch us here. Do me a favor. I need to hear from you. I'm not hearing from enough of you. I'm not getting enough feedback. I need you to let me know how we're doing. You can give me some feedback. You can contact us and communicate with us. You can inbox me on Facebook. You'll find me at Bishop Carl Hodges. Or you can email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. And if you have any questions you'd like to pose to us real quickly, or if you, you want to go live with us, you can give us a call at 757-624-9475. You can call directly to the booth here, 757-624-9475. Let us hear from you. We need that feedback. All right.
Um, so that was a brief introduction to the nature of children and just trying to share with you what it means to be a child. A child needs a parent. A child needs a parent and for that reason I want to talk briefly on parental responsibilities. And I want to start right here with this truth. If we want better children, we need to first of all become better parents. I've seen through the ministry and through my profession and working for the U.S. government, uh, the jobs that I've had, I've seen so very often where there will be a child in a family who seemingly has problems, those problems uh, 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 deteriorate and worsen, and families see the need to have the child attend counseling, or uh, the child sees a doctor and ends up on medication, whatever the case may be. But here's the truth of the matter. You cannot extract the child from the family, put the child in counseling, have the child do better in counseling, but put the child back in the same family and nothing changed in the family. Mm -hmm. It was the family in which the child got hurt to begin with. And so we may be more profitable if not only send the child to counseling, but the whole family enters some sort of family counseling so that we can treat the family as a concise unit Teach the family, treat it like a, 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 a machine, if you will. One part of the machine breaks, the whole machine breaks down. Uh, so, so what we've got to understand here, if we want better children, then we're going to need to first of all become better parents. You can't just look at your child and say, you got to do better. You can't force better into your child. You can't fuss better into your child. You can't humiliate better into your child. If you want better children, then work on being a better parent first and foremost. All right? So let's talk a little bit about parental responsibilities. The first responsibility of the parent is teach your child. Parents have to teach your children. Deuteronomy 6 and 7 says, Write these commandments that I've given you today on your heart. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from time the time you get up in the morning to when you fall in the bed at night. Tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your homes and on your city gates. God was saying here to the people of Israel, to the Hebrews, Parents, you're responsible for teaching my commandments to your children. Your children will not learn right unless you teach them right, parents. Your children will not learn virtue unless you teach them virtue. They will not learn uh, morality, ethics, and values unless you teach them morality, ethics, and values. You can't afford to allow children to raise themselves. Parents must teach their children. And one thing that I always say is that parents are teaching children even when they don't mean to teach children. You may not intentionally or consciously intend to teach your children at any given moment, but you better believe that at any given moment you're teaching your children, especially smaller children. You're teaching them by what you say, by what you do, by how you respond. You're always teaching your children. So we need to consciously teach our children. OK? 
okay? So the parent's first responsibility is to teach your children. And again, I'm setting the foundation here, just kind of uh, uh, laying the groundwork for our future discussions on the parent-child relationship. Uh, uh, so get ready to give me some response, and, and we're going to go through this. So we talked about the nature of children. Right now I'm talking about parental responsibilities. Okay. Uh, uh, secondly, parents, you're responsible to train your children. You are responsible to train your children. You know, it bothers me sometimes when I hear parents say, I didn't raise you to do that, or the one that really gets me is when a child is two or three years old and parents get so frustrated they're almost pulling out their hair and they say words to the effect of, I can't do nothing with him. Uh, understand first of all you're responsible to train your child Proverbs 13 and 24 says whoever spares the rod hates their children but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them now we'll talk about the virtue and the vices of corporal punishment somewhere down the line that's not where I'm going with this and all of you who believe that uh, this particular verse of scripture, spare the rod, spoil the child, all of you who believe that that gives you the okay to engage in physical corporal punishment, uh, just stick with us. You'll probably learn something different. So please stick with us. But what I am telling you is that when you fail to train your child, when you fail to establish your authority as a parent in the life of your child, that is not loving your child. Allowing your child to get away with things is not loving your child, but it is in fact more akin to hating your child. Because when we really love our children, we are careful to discipline them. We're careful to train them. And Proverbs 19 and 18 says, Discipline your children while you still have the chance. Indulging them destroys them. Parents, train your children. Indulging your children, giving into their whims, destroys them. How dare we allow a little child to make up their own mind on important things in life? You've got to give them, yes, you want them to grow and learn to make decisions, but you've got to give them decision-making power on their level. You can't give them decision-making power on an adult level. They don't know how to handle that. If you give in to your child's every whim, if your child's whining and temper tantrum breaks you down and causes you to give in, you are destroying your child. You're destroying your child. You're going to turn that child into a monster whom the schools can't control, uh, whom police will have to get after. You probably know what that means. So please understand, parents, you're going to have to train your children. You've got to take the reins of your child's life, and you're going to have to train that child. And this is why Proverbs 22 says, we always remember from the King James Version, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. But again, I'm reading from the Message Bible tonight. And the Message Bible from Proverbs 22 and 6 says, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. Point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't 
be lost. Now, remember the first thing I said when I talked about parental responsibilities was, is that if we want better children, we need to first of all be better parents. So then when I say train up your child or point your kids in the right direction when they're old, they won't be lost, I'm assuming you as the parent know the right direction to point them in. And so parents, I hope you can be bold enough, courageous enough to really challenge yourself and look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself the tough question of whether or not I know the right direction. And then if you come to the conclusion that you do not know the right direction, I hope tonight that you can be bold enough and courageous enough to get someone in your life to seek some help, talk to a pastor, a counselor, a school counselor, uh, 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 someone you trust, someone you know, someone who's been through child rearing and they look successful to you. They've obviously uh, done this fairly well because of the way that their children turned out. Get with them and get you some help because if you don't turn your kids in the right direction it's almost the same as turning them in the wrong direction you cannot have a child and not turn them you will turn them you will turn them either in the right direction or you will turn them either in the wrong direction you will turn them so parents your responsibilities teach your children train your children and provide for your children you have to provide for your children second uh, corinthians 12 14b uh, is an interesting verse it simply says children shouldn't have to look out for their parents parents look out for their children and so many of us when we become old we're not going to have the pleasure or the benefit of our children taking care of us because we didn't take care of our children. We're not going to have the benefit of our children taking care of us in our old age because we didn't train them that that was the right direction. And I don't know about you, but I really hope and pray that my sons will, will be around me when I'm an old man and really can't do for myself. But in the beginning, children should not have to take look out for parents parents look out for children so parent your responsibility mom dad your responsibility is to provide for your children provide for your children teach your children train your children provide for your children and and we talked about disciplining your children also but I just I want to reiterate that because the Bible Proverbs especially gives us a whole lot of scriptures on discipline. Proverbs 19 and 18 says, Discipline your children while you still have the chance. I already told you, indulging them destroys them. Proverbs 23 and 13 says, Don't be afraid to correct your young ones. A spanking won't kill them. We will get to corporal punishment. Don't get yourself in a hissy fit. But don't be afraid to correct your young ones. You know what? Our children don't need us to be their friends. We can be friendly with our children. Our children need us to be their mothers and their fathers. We're not responsible to be their friends. We're responsible to train them, to teach them, to provide for them. 
and that means they should not go without correction. When they are wrong, they need to be corrected. And one thing that I often tell parents is that every single act of disobedience should be met with a measure of discomfort. Every single act of disobedience, no matter how large, no matter how small, every single act of disobedience should be an uncomfortable experience. Disobedience should never be cute. Disobedience should never be acceptable. Disobedience should never be tolerated. It doesn't mean that you lock the kid in the room for the smallest, the slightest little thing that they do wrong. And I need you to work with me here. Follow me here. But every act of disobedience should be an uncomfortable experience. You've got to call your child on the wrong that they do. There's no need of us being upset when our children are 19, 20, 21, and they're behaving like they're still 9 and 10 and 11, and getting the same treatment from us like they're still 9, 10 and 11. Uh, you've got to remember your responsibility. Now, I'm out of time here this week, but we talked about the nature of children. They're born in sin and foolishness. They're God's gift to us and the signs of immaturity. And I began to talk about the responsibility of parents here. Uh, parents, you have a responsibility. Teach your child. Train your children. Provide for your children. Discipline your children. We're going to continue next week with this. Again, you're listening to us here at Marriage and Family Clinic. You come, we're coming to you at 1350 on your AM dial here at WGPL. Uh, inbox us on Facebook. you find me at Bishop Carl Hodges. Email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. We're going to be here every Tuesday evening, 6 to 6.30 p.m. We're here for you. Contact us. We want to hear from you. Remember now, you can't have peace without surrendering yourself to the Prince of Peace. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. We'll see you next week. God bless you.